Welcome to Day by Day Stories of Business, Life, and Everything in Between. My name is Anne Day. In every episode, I will be bringing you stories to inspire and inform you. As women, we wear so many hats and juggle so many roles. We will be talking about what's important to us, our work, family, relationships, health, and the world around us. Please join us as we share these conversations about what matters most. Let's connect. January is Bell Canada's Let's Talk month. And while we remain in the midst of the pandemic, our mental health is being sorely tested more than ever. It therefore seems like an opportune time to open up discussion on how we are feeling and how we can take care of ourselves through these uncertain times. Someone once said that the pandemic is like a marathon with no finish line in sight. How true is that? At our local CMHA, they are receiving 6,500 calls a day. Today, my guest is Natalie Haynes, who is a registered psychotherapist, workshop facilitator, and a speaker. She has been working with individuals, couples, and families in her private practice in Georgetown for 10 years. She's a member of the College of Registered Psychotherapists and the Ontario Association of Mental Health Professionals and serves on the board of the Gestalt Institute of Toronto. Let's welcome Natalie. Well, thank you, Natalie, for joining me today. I'm really interested in what you have to say, because I think with the pandemic, so many of us are having a hard time with our mental health in terms of coping with what's happening. As a therapist, what are you seeing in your practice? Uh, well, thank you for having me. And I, uh, this is a time where it's, it's a really busy time for therapy. Um, there are a lot of people who are struggling. Um, and what I believe is because a lot of us aren't busy and doing as much things as we normally would do, um, what is underneath the surface is likely bubbling up and people are feeling things that they may not normally experience because they're so busy in life and so um what i'm what i have found is that a lot of people are maybe noticing something that they've always felt or something that they've experienced or just their response to being in this pandemic and not really knowing how to be with all the different feelings that they're experiencing so um a lot of people are dealing with a lot of anxiety or depression or you know just how to cope with you know, what is, what they're like this, this new time that we're in. Um, and the other thing that I also see um, people dealing with is um, I think, I think a lot of times people will come in because of the pandemic or because of what they might be physically feeling emotionally. And um, but it really is probably it, some, a lot of times it can be linked to something else, some, some, you know, something that's old that maybe hasn't been dealt with. So a lot of those things are coming up as well. So, yeah. I'm sure the holiday season too, I know in the past you've talked about how that is a busy time for people sort of sorting out all their emotions, especially if they have to gather with their family again, and there's some friction there. So I think the pandemic just adds to that. <laughs> yes, the pandemic would definitely add to that. I, I, um, you know, I 
people are sometimes surprised when I tell them that Christmas is a really busy time for for me or for my practice um, because I think sometimes the assumption is that it's a really happy time because it's Christmas. And I think what the what's true is that it you know Christmas isn't always that Norman Rockwell you know picture or the you know the idealized you know picture always like you know a lot of times people are dealing with a lot of different feelings or emotions or experiences that are really sad and really hard to be with and I think being with difficult feelings or emotions and you know even this pandemic in this like juxtaposed to a really happy time is sort of hard to be with a lot of times people are like I should be happy I should be feeling like this I should be feeling it's Christmas and they don't and so um coupled with the fact that we're in a pandemic and we cannot go out or we, you know, we're, you know, with a family. And if there's, you know, issues that are happening within a family or within a couple or within some, uh, an individual, those are hard, you know, hard feelings to be with. And so a lot of when people come in, it's, you know, therapy is a way of expressing and processing and trying to understand what is this, what are all of these different feelings that I am experiencing? And, um, so that you can almost, I like to say, like, find a way to put words to what you're experiencing so you can gain some clarity. And, you know, once you know about it or once you know, then you can go, oh, okay, I know what that is or I know what I need to do with it or I just have to be with it or just being aware of it simply so that it can, you can let it go or you can have it move through you. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about anxiety and depression. So what's the difference and can you give us some definitions so that we're all on the same page in terms of what you're talking about? Yeah. So, um, with anxiety, how I see anxiety is a, uh, I had a teacher who described it to me, um, like a stopping of the breath. And so it's, it's like, it's almost as if whatever, whatever we imagine, like, whatever uncertain threat or whatever imagined threat that we imagine may be coming at us creates a, a response in our body or a response to in terms of our thinking. And the response is <gasps> a lot of times, or, you know, what I imagine might happen or what I imagine is going to come at me is going to be bad. So our body will naturally respond to whatever that imagined threat might be. And so anxiety is it can it can present in lots of different ways lots of negative thinking a lot of what ifs um you know sometimes people have a lot of physical response like they can't breathe or you know they feel like their chest is all the way up in the throat um everyone has their own own responses to it and the way that i like to think about like a stopping of the breath is it's almost like my body is saying oh, like i i'm not taking in whatever this is that's in front of me, I don't know what this is. This is too much. And so it's, it's, it's almost like our, our anxiety is a way that we protect ourselves. It's like, I'm going to hold myself because I don't know what's coming at me. The problem is with anxiety is that if we have things that are coming at us that actually aren't a threat and we're just, you know, holding ourselves all the time or always in a state of um, fear that does a lot to the body, you know, 
and it can keep us pretty isolated within ourselves, or not exactly you know able to express ourselves in the way that we want to. So um, that's how I see anxiety <clears throat> with depression. The definition that I always use is rage turned inward. And so, you know, because either, you know, let me say, being able to express ourselves and, and be who we are is something that I think we're, you know, a, a, an essence of ourselves that we're born with. And to not be able to do that, whether it's um, through our environment or through the, our different relationships, you know, in order for us to um, be able to manage that, um, we might have to, like, as an example, we might have to, I was going to use the word depress ourselves, if that makes any sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, if I can't just be myself, then I might need to you know, hold back who I am or what I'm experiencing, or maybe I feel like something's wrong with me in order for me to be in this world or with you or whatever. And after, after some time of, of, of not being, you know, not being able to be who we are or feeling so much anxiety because we're so worried about what might come or how we might be perceived or whatever after time that gets exhausting. And so for some people, depression is like a way to just go inward and not have to worry, not have to um, fight against the feeling of not feeling normal or not feeling okay with yourself or not feeling acceptable and just, you know, push inward so that, you know, where it can feel safe, it can feel easy, you know, easier than having to show up, right? So a lot of, a lot of people are feeling that as well. And, you know, one of the things that I believe is that, you know, when people say anxiety and depression, um, they're not, they are difficult feelings to be with. And there's, I do not minimize them at all, but, you know, it, they're almost also, they're also feelings that we can experience that are, that tell us something about ourselves and tell us something about our environment and almost provide a certain kind of protection in a way. So meaning like if I'm, if, if I'm anxious and all I do is, is, you know, worry about all the what ifs and all the uncertain threats and all the ways in which I can make my environment a certain way. So I'm not going to be scared. And that's almost like a way of protecting yourself. Right. And if I'm in a state of depression and I don't have to face, you know, a scary world or face that I don't feel like I'm enough or face, you know, all of the how difficult it is to to just you know show up when everybody looks happy and I feel really sad I can just you know go into my bed and feel really comfortable and safe in there it's a different kind of protection and so that it's just a bit of a shift in terms of how I look at it because you know it, what I what I really think is important especially around depression and anxiety and this time is having some compassion for yourself and what you're experiencing and, you know, our body's natural response to this really difficult time. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I know even for myself, it's been a roller coaster, you know, sometimes I'm fine. Yeah. And other times, I don't know, you feel the bottoms dropped out of your world. Yeah. I mean, all relative, but uh, yeah, you start to think about, you know, you, you withdraw, I think from what you're doing 
you withdraw from being around other people. You, you know, some people go off to bed and sleep. That's their way of coping with it. Um, and, and with anxiety, I know I've spent several sleepless nights tossing and turning, yeah. think overthinking stuff, really, yeah. in terms yeah. of what, what do I do next? So, you know, I, I, it's interesting. I heard a speaker from the Canadian Mental Health Association talking, and she was saying that because so many of us have had our own sort of ups and downs with anxiety and depression, in a way, it's a good thing because we are now learning more about how it feels. Not that we want to stay there or get stuck there, but it's good in terms of our empathy for other people in terms of what they're going through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it becomes an empathy for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, I think, you know, it's about like when you say that, what the words that came to mind is, um, you know, the fact that all of us are experiencing this, I think highlights how normal these feelings are. And that, um, I actually was listening to a Brene Brown podcast the other day and, and I really believe this, but I think this was so useful. It was a good reminder um, that everything that we're doing now, everything that we're experiencing now is new and we don't, you know, we don't know how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know how to do it. It's not like somebody's like, Oh, I've been through a pandemic before. This is how we hung out inside every day for a year. You know, I found that when I was going through cancer, I was saying to people, I don't do vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) It's very hard to ask for help. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have to. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do. And then you do. Yeah. And then it's anxiety provoking to do that because it's brand new. I know I've been writing a lot of blogs and of course writing's my therapy, <laughs> but um, I've been writing these different blogs about how I was feeling. And I remember week one was sort of, oh, I've got so many things to do. I'm going to get this done, et cetera, et cetera. Week three, I had sort of a, a, an attitude adjustment, <laughs> <laughs> sort of, oh, well, this might go on for a bit longer. As it went on, I started being very honest about how I was feeling. And I certainly got a lot of response from people because I was sort of showing that, you know, as someone who's perceived as being sort of strong and a leader, I was still struggling. And it's good to hear from other people that you're not alone in what you're dealing with. Yeah, it's true. I have a a colleague of mine. um, We were doing a workshop, uh, an online workshop and, everyone was checking in at the beginning and she said, I think this is the, one of the first times like in her practice or her time where she said, I'm experiencing the same things that my clients are like a lot of the same things." And, and I just, I, I was nodding my head because I'm experiencing the same things that I'm experiencing the same things that my clients are. And, you know, I think, you know, like you said, the assumption is, is, well, you know, you're in this position, you, you're yeah. going to know how to do this. And um, I mean, I don't know how to do a pandemic, but I do know how to <laughs> feel my feelings, you know? So, um, you know, but it's, it's, I think the, like knowing that I, I would say this, I know more about how to be with my 
feelings and tolerate them and and be with the discomfort and be with the discomfort of being with what's new because you don't really know what's you know what what's this supposed to look like so you know I might I might know how to do that and then sometimes I don't because it's too much and I'm tired and you know the newness is just like oh I can't it's like I I think if you think about this way you know when you learn how to drive and you're learning how to drive and everything is new so even one trip would be exhausting and challenging, you know, and then after some time, it's just easy. You don't even think about how you do it, you know? And so I believe that's the same thing when it comes to learning how to tolerate um, and be with the discomfort of this time, because everything that we're experiencing is new. all, we're having all of these different and new experiences. Everything is challenging and I, and, and that's normal. You know, and I think this is just a time of everybody feeling a lot of discomfort and, you know, learning how to tolerate the discomfort is like um, developing your emotional um, resilience, like, and, and like a, like working out, like after some time, it's not so hard anymore because your muscles are stronger. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you build those resiliency muscles? Well, um, it's going to be different than what a lot of people want to hear. It's it's really sitting with the discomfort of what of what you're experiencing in your body, you know, like um, experiencing being present with what you are physically feeling. I believe a lot of people, you know, they think, a lot, they might think a lot, like with anxiety, that's something I experience, uh, like everybody. Um, and if my thought is, well, what if this, and what if that, and what if this, and what if that? And, and so, you know, somebody might say, well, I feel scared. <clears throat> How do I do that? I just don't want to feel scared anymore, you know? But if, if you stop for a moment and notice what you're experiencing in your body, what the sensation that you're experiencing is, in your body that's a different feeling that's a different that 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 is likely very different and so that's how you build your emotional resilience is is by learning how to be with the discomfort of a moment you know you might have a thought and it feels uncomfortable and and knowing that that physical sensation won't last forever you know it might be in response to a feeling of being bored or a feeling of like, I don't know what's going to happen next, you know, and just letting yourself experience that and being aware of, you know, this is how I'm dealing with this moment. And it sounds so simple. It sounds so simple. And like, it's not going to do anything, but really at the end of the day, it's like, can you sit with what you're experiencing in your body? And you're not going to have to do that all the time. Cause that's, you know, that's also exhausting. Well, yes. 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 <laughs> Mm-hmm. And maybe it might be talking to somebody about, you know, what you are experiencing, you know, um, maybe. So there's, there's lots of ways to do it, but really it, developing emotional resilience is like really allowing yourself to feel the sensation of what you're experiencing. Yeah. Cause I would think bottling it up or sort of hiding away, it's going to come out later at some point and you're better dealing with it now as opposed to hiding or running away from it. I yeah. was thinking one of the things too that that I'm sure a lot of people are feeling is grief, 
because not just losing a loved one, but losing their freedom, losing their business, maybe losing their job. I mean, it, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that is a, also, um, I think it's like this, a secondary um, response to all of not even secondary, I'd say primary, we've lost all our different supports. Um, and, you know, so grief is about our, um, a change in reality. It's responding, responding to a change in reality. And so even if a, your support was driving to work and listening to a podcast, you know, and having you know, drop off kids or you're, you know, you're just out whatever, and you have half an hour to either gear up before work or gear down after work, that's gone. And for some people, um, it might be, um, you know, being able to connect with friends on a regular basis. You know, there's, everyone has different kinds of supports that they may not necessarily have considered supportive, that were part of their structure in which they live their life. And all of those things have gone. And so our response to grief is like is is a process is you know feeling angry about it and feeling scared and feeling you know and wishing it wasn't happening and denying it's even happening in the first place and you know so um but allowing yourself to be with all of those different places those different feelings with some with compassion and you know with some empathy towards yourself like it's okay to not have it not be being you know 100% all the time that's how you get through this. Like it's, it's, it's okay. Sometimes you're going to have moments where you're like doing a lot and then other moments, the bottom's falling out because we're in a, we're in a state of change. So yeah, that, that is grief is huge right now. And I don't think people think of it that way. No, they don't. They don't. I don't think, but I mean, I think it's, uh, not, it's on, it's a natural consequence of what's happening right now because we are losing things and even the loss of freedom, um, you know, to go where we want to go and travel and all those sort of things. Um, Yeah. It's, it is losing something out of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've been doing some research on empathy actually for another project I've been working on and, um, one of the suggestions from the research is to to read books now, not nonfiction, but fiction, because that gives you a better understanding of what's happening in other people's lives. And I thought, well, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have thought of that, but mm-hmm. it's true. There's um, like I think one of the things about it, um, you know, one of the common things that we would do. I, I've studied Gestalt therapy. It's the kind of therapy I do. And um, Gestalt therapy is is about is about awareness of what is. It's not it's not prescriptive. It's it's just more about awareness of what you're experiencing or awareness of what you're experiencing with another relationally. And so <clears throat> we do a lot of work around perspective. You know, what would it be like to be in this in this person's shoes? What would it be like to say something in the way that person says it? And so like what you're saying is, you know, when you start to read about, you know, someone's biography or imagine what would life look like and how, you know, what would make me say this? I think what we start 
you know, what I've come to learn in, in looking at things in that way is that we're more the same than we are different. Yeah. We're more the same than we are different. I noticed too, some people were, you know, cause people were saying, you know, especially when we're in lockdown as we are right now, you know, if you look at what Anne Frank went through, she was stuck in a room, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, for, for over 700 days. So really this is nothing in comparison. So mm-hmm. yeah, it does give you perspective in terms of there's other people that are a lot worse off than yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what would you do <clears throat> in that situation? And what do you imagine that would feel like? And, you know, or how could somebody make that decision and, you know, putting yourself in your shoes and, and, and noticing what would, you know, what does life look like through their eyes? What could life look like through their eyes? What would make somebody make a decision like that? You know, and we're all, I think we're all, we're all feeling different things at different times. And knowing that, that we're all experiencing this kind of traumatic experience in, in different ways. Um, you know, the more that we can be with our own response, the more compassion we can have for someone else's. So how do we, you know, say we have a family member who is not coping well, what's the, what can we do? I think, um, I believe that connection is the best thing in any way possible, whether it's, you know, through phone or con like Zoom or, or something visual, some kind of connection is um one is important. I would say the second thing too is um, no judge, like, yeah, yeah, hold the advice, you know, until you can put yourself in that person's shoes and, you know, maybe, you know, have a sense of um, whatever it is that they are experiencing. You know, it looks really like everything looks like, like, you know, it looks like, um, from the outside looking in, it looks like you could tell, you know, tell somebody exactly how they should do whatever it is that they need to do. <laughs> um, but you might not have the whole story. So yeah. my my advice is don't give anybody advice. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen. Yeah, I think listening makes a big difference in terms of uh, hearing what people are saying and not saying. Yeah. Uh, in terms of and what's happening. Saying. Yeah, and not saying. Yeah, there's a lot in what's not said. So um, listening to really hear. Yeah. So those would be two things. I think that's a loss of connection is a, is a big piece. It was a big piece for, for society, I would say, already. Yeah. Um, but the pandemic has added a definite level of that, for sure. So if you have a family member, connection is important. Connection and understanding and... Yeah. Well, I think it's just knowing that somebody who's actually cares about you and knows, knows you're there. I know I had, um, it it was probably last year more, but I was sort of connecting with different friends. You know, I sort of rotated who I was sort of connecting with just to check in with them. And one of my friends, she, she said I made her cry because it, you know, she lives in her own, um, and she, just felt she was totally on her own right. and so when I sort of reached out to her she was like oh you know yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it's my husband. We were talking about this the other day, and my, my husband was saying what he does. He made a he made a practice of every time he thought of someone, he would just send a quick text, yeah. or he would set you know just thinking of you, and you know. So I'm 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 working at doing that. I always think, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then later, you know, never comes because I get the next thing shows up in front of me. So, um, but yeah, I think that it, um, it feels good on both sides. Yes. Yes. Because I felt, oh, okay. You know, she really needed to hear from someone. Yeah. And I'm glad it was me. So, uh, yeah. So any last pieces of advice for people in terms of, managing their mental health of right now. I mean, this is Bell Canada's mental health let's talk month. Uh, I would say um, that this is important to me. This is important is to, and I don't always remember this, <laughs> but to have permission for what you're experiencing and to know that we don't know how to do a pandemic. This is all new. And therefore, it makes sense that we are struggling at doing something new and every, you know, and we get tired. And, you know, so every once in a while, um, you might feel energetic and being able to handle this. And then you might feel like you can't. And knowing that it's all okay. And that over, like, it's, this is a time of discomfort. And um, so to have some compassion for yourself and for others. And to reach out and, you know, because we're in it together. We're in it together. Yeah. So. Yep, we certainly are. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much, Natalie, for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us this week at Day by Day, stories of business, life, and everything in between. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and gained some insights as a result. Each month, we will take a different theme and explore the topic from different perspectives. If you want to reach me, you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at anday at companyofwomen.ca.